service. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, I'm Jake Brennan, and I want to tell you about Disgraceland, the award-winning music and true crime podcast that I host. Disgraceland tells the stories of musicians getting away with murder and behaving very badly. Fleetwood Mac, Nipsey Hussle, Cardi B, Ozzy Osbourne, Taylor Swift, Tupac, The Beatles, Amy Winehouse, Jay-Z, The Grateful Dead, and so many more. This is not the music history you've heard before. This is an uncensored, immersive look at the lives of musical icons as seen through the crimes they've committed or that have been perpetrated against them. Did Jerry Lee Lewis murder his fifth wife? What really happened to Sam Cooke in that seedy motel at 3 a.m.? And how did the Rolling Stones wind up sleeping with the First Lady? Wait, what? New episodes of Disgraceland drop every Tuesday with bonus episodes released on Mondays and Thursdays. So get in, buckle up, and join me in Disgraceland. Available right now, wherever you get your podcasts. rock Badlands listeners, are you here? Are you with me? Are you too tired to go to bed? Too riled up to stay home? I know I am. This is another podcast that comes after the podcast. Welcome to Badlands, the rap party. Welcome to the Badlands bonus episode. Another thing we like to call the rap party. Just like that other show, this is a show that comes after the show. A voyage from one episode of Badlands to the other. The backlot breakdown of sorts. On this bonus episode, we're talking about Alex Rocco, Ed Gein, the great vampire movie, Abel Ferrara's The Addiction. Plus, my recommendations in your movie-focused voicemails, texts, DMs, and more. Badlands listeners, let's get into it. Greetings, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the rap party. Let's dive right into Alex Rocco. Who the hell is Alex Rocco? That's what you're asking right now. Maybe some of you anyways. But then again, maybe you're around my age and you remember seeing him as a regular on TV shows in the 70s and 80s like The A-Team, The Golden Girls, Chips, The Facts of Life. If you're a movie buff, and you most certainly are if you're a regular listener to this show, then you know Alex Rocco best as Mo Green from The Godfather. The guy who's helping to bring organized crime to Vegas. The guy who Don Vito Corleone partners with on a hotel casino. The guy who doesn't like that Fredo is banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. 
The guy who famously gets shot in the eye while getting a massage during that amazing sequence in the film when Michael has all of his rivals wiped out. But Alex Rocco, who was born Alessandro Petriconi Jr., not only played a mob guy in one of the most famous mob movies of all time, in real life, Alex Rocco was part of the actual mob, an actual mob outfit back in my stomping grounds in Boston, Massachusetts. Yes, Alex Rocco, before he was an actor in Hollywood, was a mobster in Boston, a bookie, a getaway driver, working alongside Buddy McLean, Howie Winter, and the notorious Winter Hill Gang. And depending on who you believe, Alex Rocco may have been the reason that a long-running gang war began way back in the early 60s. So we get into all of this in the episode, the dramatic story of the Winter Hill Gang and Alex Rocco's part in it, and then his equally dramatic reinvention when he went legit as perhaps one of the most improbable career transitions in Hollywood history and one of the most memorable on-screen gangsters in Hollywood film history. So this all got me thinking about the stupid question of the week, who are your favorite gangsters from Hollywood history? This is a deep list because it's a very generic question, but still it's a good one, okay? Who are your favorite gangsters from Hollywood history? Is it Mo Green, that iconic shot of him, like I mentioned before, looking up from the massage bed and getting popped right in the eye? Is it someone like Joe Pesci? That's who comes to mind for me. Tommy, his character Tommy from Goodfellas. But maybe you're more old school. Maybe you go way back, all the way back to Jimmy Cagney or something like that. Let me know. Maybe you're new school. Maybe you're a Scarface person. That's not new school, but maybe you're Tony Soprano. Any mob gangster, I want your new numero uno mob guy from Hollywood history. 617-906-6638. Call me, leave your answer via voicemail or send me a text. Speaking of which, let's hear from you guys. Let's hear from Richard in the 806. Hi, Jake. This is Richard from the 806. Uh, love your show. Uh, you wanted some horror movies uh, without the standard, regular titles. I have what I watch every year for Halloween is Number one, The Entity with Barbara Hershey and Ron Silver from 1983, based on true stories, supposedly, allegedly, the Carla Moran story. Uh, number two is The Others from 2001, kind of a ghost story. Nicole Kidman stars in it. Uh, number three, When a Stranger's Calls from 1979, psychological thriller. Carol Kane is awesome. Charles Durning also very awesome. Uh, number four, The Company of Wolves from 1985, kind of a werewolf, kind of Little Red Riding Hood style tale, but instead of the wolf, it's a werewolf. From 1985, has Sarah Patterson, Angela Lansbury in it. It's definitely a, a checkout. Uh, number five is Palladium White from 1988, the murder crime ghost story. Has uh, Lucas Haas and Alex Rocco, who you just did an episode on which I was mouth agape, shocked, gagged. Uh, and also, I don't know if it's a dead subject, but the villains, I have the Wicked Witch of the West, Margaret Hamilton from Wizard of Oz, Hannibal Lecter, of course, Anthony Hopkins. But he also did, a, there's a runner-up, he did that creepy uh, movie called Magic from 1978. Uh, it was like a psychological thriller. It was weird. Uh, Dexter Morgan, Michael C. Hall, serial killer from Aces of the Dexter, Annie Wilk, Kathy Bates. Uh, and number five, this is, uh, Velvet Von Ragnar. Gene Simmons played a hermaphrodite dystopian gang leader from a movie called You're Never Too Young to Die from, uh, 1986. And, uh, I think I'll just leave it with that. 
Thanks for the show. Love listening. Damn, Richard. Amazing suggestions. Just watched When the Stranger Calls, actually. Love Charles Durning. More on him later. Uh, he was in another film that I'm going to talk about later in this episode. All the rest of these, though. Whoa, so many. Um, I'm psyched to dig into some of these. Not sure which ones yet. I, I'm saving the voicemail here. Uh, but I'll check at least one of them out. And hopefully between now and the next rap party and I'll let you know, uh, I'll for sure check out the Alex Rocco one. Um, sounds like you didn't know the Alex Rocco story, which is awesome. So yeah, psyched about that. And I feel like you're making this, you're never too young to die. Gene Simmons, hermaphrodite film up just to fuck with me. Um, all right guys, Richard from the 806 just laid out a whole bunch of amazing Halloween films for us to check out horror films. I should say, let me know what you think. Uh, if you watch any of them, call me, text me. I'll let Richard know. I'm at 617-906-6638. Uh, and let me know if Richard's fucking with me about this whole Gene Simmons thing. All right. The hermaphrodite horror flick. Uh, let's hear from Savannah in the 830. Hey, Jake, this is Savannah. Um, I just wanted to, I listened to your Jane Fonda episode, which was great. I didn't know, you know, Jane Fonda was a real stick it to the man kind of lady, which I mad respect. So I feel kind of silly for not knowing about her past and her activism. So thank you for that episode. But um, you started getting into psychological thrillers. And um, as for a recent one that you should definitely look into, I highly recommend watching 2018's Hereditary. Um, the main star, uh, the leading lady is Tony Collette. You've probably seen her in a few works on Netflix. She was in Little Miss Sunshine with Steve Carell. Um, she's also in, uh, this show called The United States of Terra, where she depicts like someone with multiple personality disorder. So yeah, it, she's a great actress and, um, Hereditary, which came out in 2018, is an amazing psychological thriller. I think it's going to be a cult classic, like for sure. I think it's automatically a cult classic. So highly recommend that watch. Um, it really gets in your head. Um, if you don't like that, don't watch it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you so much. Hey, Hereditary, awesome. Love Tony Collette. Um, guys, let's listen to Savannah here. Check out the psychological thriller Hereditary with Tony Collette. But just don't take my word for it. Take Savannah's. That's what we're here for. From the Savannah from the A three O. Take her word for it. All right. Uh, thanks for the call, Savannah. Appreciate it. Let's hear from Diesel in the three one seven. That's the first thing I'd like to cover. Please, people, stop with the area codes. I don't know where that's at, and I'm not doing the homework to find out. Give me the city name where you're at. Subject number two, Phantasm. Yes, if you haven't found it yet, highly recommend it. But I would like to know if that guy that watched it with his teenage daughter had previously seen it because once you see the opening scene between the man and the woman in the cemetery, that'd be a little uncomfortable with me and my teenage daughter. Just saying. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Phantasm is my shit. Later. Diesel in the 317, thanks for the call and for the production note, but uh, Diesel from the 317. I do believe the Badlands listeners will continue to leave their area codes. It's become a thing. Diesel from the 317, you don't have to look up the corresponding area code cities if you don't want to, man. You can just take it to heart that you and your fellow listeners are legion, spread far and wide across all of these United States and Canada and even the whole of this here world. Diesel from the 317, though, uh, I'm kidding, Diesel from the 317, but I only kid because I love. As for Phantasm and your teenage daughter, I'm going to leave that to you and your priest. All right? 
Talk to you soon, brother. All right, we get a call from a listener named Elvis. This is the first time we've ever heard from a listener named Elvis, so we got to listen to this voicemail, right? Uh, just based on the name alone. Let's listen to uh, Elvis from the 773. Hey, Jake. It's Elvis from uh, Chicago. First time calling. I uh, discovered Badlands along with your other show, Disgraceland, a few months ago, and I love it. Uh, I was just calling in to give my take, I guess, on true crimes that inspired movies. And I've just been listening to What Makes a Killer recently, and there's a story of a serial killer named Danny Rowling out of Gainesville, Florida. Danny Rowling. And apparently he inspired the Scream movies. So that's pretty cool. And then I have one more. Uh, This is probably more obvious. Ed Gein from up in Wisconsin uh, inspired, among others, Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Norman Bates from Psycho. So, uh, I don't know. Thought it was pretty cool. Keep doing what you're doing. Love the shows. Take care, man. Elvis, I never knew that about the Scream movie inspiration, but I did, of course, know that about Ed Gein and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre inspiration. Did not know, however, that Ed was the inspiration for Psycho. So, thank you for that. Thanks for the call, Elvis, and thanks for listening. All right, going to take a quick break, 617-906-6638 for your voicemails and texts to be in next week's episode. Going to take a quick break, come back on the other side, and I will answer some texts. All right, guys, we are back. Going to get right into some text here. This one from the 706 writes in, Hey, Jake, Sam in the 603. But hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, Sam. It says 706. Um, whatever. Uh, Sam goes on to say, Never thought I would hear my uncle's name mentioned in one of your podcasts. Howie Winter was married to my Aunt Ellen. What a small world. Love the show. Rockarola. All right, Sam. Love that. Uh, Sam is, of course, referring to legendary Boston gangster Howie Winter, who uh, shows up in the Alex Rocco episode. Sam, I could be mistaken, but I think I think Howie Winter might make an appearance in the Robert Mitchum episode of Badlands as well. Give that one a shot. All right. All right. This one comes from the 608. Jake just saw a trailer for an Emma Stone movie called The Curse coming out November 10th with the eerie slowed down classic song trend with The Weight by the band, which reminded me of another that didn't get mentioned, which is I Got Five on it in Jordan Peele's Us. Uh, I think that one has the most haunting effect of any. Love the show, Brock. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Haunting, haunting, haunting. Have not heard the trailer you're referencing uh, regarding the weight that uses the weight from the band with Emma Stone. Sounds familiar. It's rattling something in my memory. Like maybe this was on in the background and I was walking around the house and kind of saw it. I don't know. But uh, I'll keep an ear out and an eye out for it. Thanks for writing into a 608. 910 writes in, hey, Jake, Jamesy from the 910 Craziest Psycho Horror Movie, Jacob's Ladder, 1989. Tim Robbins plays a Vietnam vet who has strange fragmentary visions and bizarre hallucinations. I didn't use mass transit for years after watching this movie, Rockarola. I love this movie, and I always forget about it come October. I don't know why. I don't think about it often enough, and it really had an effect on me, Jacob's Ladder. Um, 
it actually made me reconsider some of the people I was hanging around with at the time and really consider that there are good and evil people in this world. And sometimes they're hiding in plain sight and they're part of your world and you got to kind of just, hey, I'm going to go down this path instead. So Jacob's Ladder, I hear you. Big inspiration for me. Great film. If anyone hasn't seen Jacob's Ladder, highly recommend it. The 812 writes in, Hi Jake, Amelia from the 812. I'm a huge horror movie fan, and here are a few recommendations. Cabin in the Woods, cool twists on the genre. It Follows, creepy as shit, will stick with you. Mandy, Nick Cage, battles crazy evil in the worst acid trip you could imagine. That sounds good. The Babadook, the kid will drive you crazy, but the monster will scare the shit out of you. Hope you enjoy, and thanks for all the great content. I love this, Amelia. I love this. I'm screenshotting it. I'm going to check some of these out. Appreciate the recommendations. 716 writes in, as a straight woman, I fully agree with your thoughts on Elizabeth Shue. Leaving Las, <laughs> Leaving Las Vegas is a brilliant movie, probably my favorite Nicolas Cage role with Raising Arizona a close second. That's from Nicole in Buffalo. Uh, yeah, love it, Nicole. Keep it up. You always come with good stuff. Appreciate it. 915 writes in, Jim from the 915. Hey, Jake, it's Jim. Five best horror movie science fiction thrillers. First stop, couple of them are originals, not the remakes. We have The Body Snatchers, The Thing, Carrie, Firestarter, and last but not least, The Shining. Those are some damn good ones there. I've seen... Have I seen all of them? I think I've seen all... No, I haven't seen Body Snatchers. Uh, or The Thing, actually. I read The Thing a long, 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 long time ago. Right, am I thinking about the right thing? I don't know. 786 writes in, I live in the Florida Keys and I just want to tell you I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Thanks and keep on keeping on. That's my dog Malokai after dinner the other night at some restaurant for no reason, just because. And there's a picture of, uh, looks like a very adorable pit bull. Malokai, am I pronouncing that right? Well, thank you. I love dog pics. Dog pics are cool, man. You guys want to send me your dog pics? Go for it. I got a dog. Her name's Dusty. She kind of looks like Gene Simmons. That's what one of the contractors around our house told us the other day anyways. All right. All right. What are we doing? What are we doing? 617-906-6638. That's what we're doing. That's what we're always doing. You guys are calling me. You're leaving me voicemails. You're sending me texts. You're letting me know who your favorite gangster from Hollywood history is. You're letting me know what horror movies you're watching this October. You're letting me know what you got on your mind. You're sending me pictures of your dogs. You're letting me know what you do when you listen to Badlands and or Disgraceland. But we'll tackle that in After Party. All right. Let's get into the music connection of this week's episode. So here's the deal. There really aren't a lot of music connections with this week's episode <laughs> when it comes to Alex Rocco. This seemed like a good a good idea at the time. You know, how do I bridge together rap party and after party? Most of these actors, they've got some sort of music connection in their past. But occasionally we run into an episode like this where there's real, we're really just digging. There's really nothing there. I mean, I don't know. Alex Rocco, I can probably guess. He probably liked Frank Sinatra, probably liked some Rat Pack stuff. Who knows? Maybe he was into like Moby Grape for all I fucking know. I have no fucking idea what he liked. He did, however, play a character named Saul, the head of the fictional record label, Playtone Records, and a movie called That Thing You Do, which is a great fucking music movie. And if you have not seen this, this Tom Hanks movie, uh, go watch it. If you're young and you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's incredible. It's about a band called The Wonders. They're a lot like one of these bands that sprung up after the Beatles. They're managed by Tom Hanks' character. Tom Hanks wrote and directed this film. The film has a big, huge pop song at the center of it called That Thing You Do. Hmm. Uh, and that's the Wonders big hit. The song was written by the recently departed Adam Schlesinger. Died a couple years ago from Fountains of Wayne. Boston guy, or a Massachusetts guy at least. I didn't know Adam. Um, but the song is sung by my friend Mike Viola, who is a great 
great, 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 great singer-songwriter. He's got a new album out right now. He's on tour. Go check out Mike. Uh, and, but the point is, that thing you do, the movie and the song, all-time stone-cold classic, and Alex Rocco is in the film. All right? All right. There, a music connection. We did it. So, on the subject of Alex Rocco, let's run down Alex Rocco's filmography, okay? For you guys, if you're interested in watching some other stuff after hearing this episode, here you go. This is an extensive list, and I'm just skimming the surface, okay? 1965, he's in a Russ Meyer film called Motor Psycho, which I have not seen, but which I will see. 67, St. Valentine's Day Massacre, which I believe is a bad mob movie. Before they knew how, before Hollywood really knew how to make good mob movies. Uh, they made some good ones in the 30s, right? That's when those Cagney ones were, but mm, this one, not a good one. I think I've seen this. Henry Fonda, right? I wouldn't recommend watching it if I was you. 1971, Brute Core. Don't know what that is. 72, The Godfather. We all know what that is. 73, The Friends of Eddie Coyle. My favorite Boston mob movie, Quentin Tarantino disagrees. He doesn't think it's a good movie. He thinks it's overrated, I should say. Uh, it's not. It's underrated, okay? Quentin doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Um, my dad has a picture from the time uh, this movie was made, it's with Robert Mitchum, uh, who stars in the movie, and he's sitting, uh, it looks like it's in a basement somewhere, some VFW hall, some dingy dark room. He's sitting with uh, Howie Winter, uh, our friend uh, Sam's uncle, who we talked about earlier, the gangster Howie Winter, and some other wise guys, and I think... Alex Rocco's in the picture? I'm not sure, but it's from the filming of The Friends of Eddie Coyle, which Alex Rocco stars in, which is, ironically, a movie about Boston gangsters. So Alex Rocco's a Boston gangster, then he goes, he makes The Godfather, becomes a Hollywood guy, goes back to Boston and makes a movie about Boston gangsters. <laughs> 1974, Three the Hard Way and Freebie and the Bean. Uh, Freebie and the Bean. What is that? I feel like I've seen that. 1975, Hearts of the West. 1980, Herbie Goes Bananas. 84, Cannonball Run 2. 89, Dream a Little Dream. 95, Get Shorty. 96, like we said before, That Thing You Do. 2001, The Wedding Planner. 2006, Smoke and Aces. Alex Rocco also did a ton of television, as I mentioned earlier. Won an Emmy for Best Supporting Actor in 1990 for his role as Al Floss, Hollywood talent agent in the famous Teddy Z. I have no idea what that is. So, any hardcore Alex Rocco fans out there, what's your favorite Alex Rocco performance that's not Mo Green? What do you got? Or maybe better yet, what's your favorite Mo Green line from The Godfather? Okay? It's definitely, this is easy. It's the one about Fredo banging two cocktail waitresses at a time. <laughs> banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. My friend Ian used to say that all the time to get me to laugh. 617-906-6638 on the voicemail or the text. All right? You know how to do it. 617-906-6638 at Disgraceland Pod on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, X, etc. I am back in the flash with some recommendations. All right, guys, I'm back. I'm in the new studio. Temporary, but new. Going to be in here for a couple months. Building a new one out back. New structure, whole thing, pool, the whole kit and kaboot, as they say. This one's sounding pretty good, though, I got to say. Temporary, but okay. Sounds like a sounds like a pop song. Temporary, but okay. Um, I feel like it's sounding okay. Let me know what you guys think. 617-906-6638. Actually, don't. I don't want to know. I don't want to know what you hear about the sound of the bonus episodes. <laughs> 
All right, let's get into the recommendations. I do want to know, I do want to know what you recommend me watching, okay? Horror movies, especially this Halloween season, as we've been discussing. Uh, this is the part of the other show where we recommend the movies, the recommendations part. We recommend the movies and the television content, the recommendations part, the part we discuss the movies and the television that we're recommending. This is the recommendations part here in the Badlands Rap Party bonus episode. Okay. All right. I've been waiting all week, it feels like, to talk about this. I saw a movie over the last couple of days, last weekend. It fucking rocked my world. I loved it. I love when this happens. I love when this happens. I'm talking about Abel Ferrara's The Addiction. It's a vampire movie, but don't let that stop you. It's not your normal vampire movie. This is from 1995, filmed largely in and around the NYU campus. It's in black and white in 1995. Lily Taylor, of all people, stars in this movie. She's the lead. Not just the female lead, the lead lead. And Christopher Walken's in this movie as well. Um... I want to give you a brief synopsis, but I don't want to give you too much, okay? Lily Taylor, if you haven't seen this, if you have, forgive me, but Lily Taylor is a grad student at NYU. Sorry, excuse me, it just occurred to me. I don't think it's NYU. I think it's Columbia, and I think it's filmed in and around Columbia. Um, so excuse me if it's to all the NYU grads out there. Um, anyways, she's a Columbia grad student, Lily Taylor, and she is just walking down the street one night and gets pulled into an alley. And uh, this is the inciting incident. She's bitten the neck by a woman who is uh, clearly a vampire. And uh, it's not like a vampire movie like you've seen where, you know, they're flying around, they're living in coffins, all that stuff. They're going about their lives. And the, and the sort of vampire ghoulishness that takes over her, the demon aspect of it, is it's slow. And there's an obvious, the, the craving she has for blood, there's an obvious parallel here Uh that's kind of a head fake uh, parallel to heroin addiction. And again, this is a modern film. Uh, it's, it's very modern. The way it's shot, uh, the way it's written, the way it's acted, all of it, the way it looks and feels, even though it's in black and white. But to me, uh, the heroin thing is just sort of this, this, like I said, like a head fake. And the real parable, the real, the real poignant thing that this movie does, and it, it, this, is, this is, goes to the brilliance of the movie, is it ends, and the theme that it ends with is this sort of, it, it's, it's the undergirding for the central tenets of Christianity, redemption, forgiveness, okay? This is dark, intense, hypersexual, very modern, very violent, over-the-top film. And I could see people freaking the fuck out upon its release, especially because the filmmaker, Abel Ferrara, was kind of controversial at the time. He's a guy who did Bad Lieutenant. He did that, he did that thing with Madonna that was very controversial, controversial around the same time as well. Um, but I could see, I, I didn't even Google it because I'm sure it just happened. I'm sure, I'm sure people were clutching their pearls and freaking out about this film. But the, the irony is so rich because it's actually a big, a big advertisement for Christianity when you get to the end of it. At least that's what I thought. That's what I took from it. Uh, really great. Christopher Walken is incredible. Um, highly recommend the addiction. Uh, fun, fun little side note here. Um, I'm watching the opening credits and it says uh, associate producer, Anthony Blinken. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. Anthony Blinken is not a common name. So I looked it up and sure as shit, our Secretary of State was the, uh, back in 1995, was the associate producer of this film. Turns out he was a rich kid running around the village, met some creative people, threw some money at it, and uh, here you go. 
All right, The Addiction, check it out. I'm really interested to hear what you guys think, especially this Halloween season. Right back, let me know, 617-906-6638. By the way, I should say that this was recommended by one of you. I can't remember who. Um, I did not find this on my own, and I loved it, so thank you for the recommendation. Also got another recommendation, I'm not sure from which one of you, uh, from another off-the-beaten-path horror movie, which was kind of the call to action a couple weeks ago in one of these rap parties. Um, This one was from the 90s, suggested by one of you guys, When a Stranger Comes Back. Uh, Charles Durning. Charles Durning was brought up earlier. He's in this film as well. I'm not sure who the the lead is. Uh, one of the leads, I don't know her name. Forgive me. Uh, oh God, I had it. Uh, she's uh, she plays she plays Laka's girlfriend in um, in Taxi. <laughs> <laughs> and she's really good. Uh, she's really good. I'll find out. I'll, I'll put it in the rap party next week. I'll, I'll mention her name. I'm not going to look it up now. Uh, but this movie, when a stranger comes back, truly scary, truly scary. Like, like, like you find yourself yelling random, shocked into like yelling randomly at times. Cause it's that thrilling, but then it kind of stops being a scary movie and becomes like a cat and mouse movie where Charles Durning is trying to catch the killer. And there's not a lot of thrills for a while. And the, the climax comes back, though, brings the horror thing out. And the end is kind of cheesy. It's almost so cheesy that it's great. Uh, so thank you to whoever recommended When a Stranger Comes Back. If any of you guys are looking for an obscure horror film, go check this one out. Uh, again, that one's from the 90s, too, coincidentally. I didn't do that on purpose. I'll get into more of your recommendations over the next week. Keep them coming, 617-906-6638. Give me all the horror wrecks you got. Uh, if you get tired of watching films, want to sink your ears into some horror, well, you're in luck because we're about to release 10 straight days of freaky Disgraceland Halloween episodes. Scary stuff going on over in the Disgraceland feed that uh, you're not going to want to miss out on. Here's what I'm talking about. What's up, discos? It's that time of year. The most evil time of year. The time for us here at Disgraceland to conjure all the haunting stories we've created over the past few years and lay them out darkly in a row to scare the hell out of you for Halloween. You can't run. You can't hide. You can't tell the babysitter because she's about to be dead. And you can't pick up the rotary phone to call your neighbor either because the line has been cut. And oh, by the way, the music is so loud no one can hear you scream either. Your only salvation is to listen for the first time or perhaps to revisit the oral grounds where evil lurks. Where ACDC breathed life into the Night Stalker serial killer. Where Jimmy Page convened with the ghost of Aleister Crowley. Where Norway's black metal scene summoned hell on Earth. Strap in and gird yourself for the coronation of Ozzy Osbourne as the Prince of Darkness. For Robert Johnson's corrupt covenant with the devil himself for Charles Manson to creepy crawl into your window after dark, for the war atrocities that inspired Black Sabbath, for Skip James to, well, the events of this episode are too horrific to even mention in a trailer. Your hunger for creepy rock and roll Halloween content is insatiable. Not even a late night snack with Big Lurch will fulfill the hole in your heart. Not until we spend all Hallows' Eve in an unholy living hell with the misfits will you be satisfied. So before checking under your bed at night, check your Disgraceland feed every day between now and the end of October for our reincarnated Halloween episodes. An evil re-release every single day up until and including Halloween. Rockerola. I got to say, guys, all this horror movie talk we've been doing, 
It's made it especially awesome to dig in and create that trailer that I just played for you. Check out those reincarnated Disgraceland Halloween episodes over in the Disgraceland feed in the 10 days leading up to October 31st. All right, 617-906-6638. Voicemail and text with your horror film recommendations. And remember, I'm also looking for your favorite gangster characters throughout Hollywood film history in honor of Mo Green. All right, back in a flash. So let's recap, shall we? Number one, the obvious brand new episode of Badlands on Alex Rocco. It's available in your feed right now. Go check that out. Number two, next week in Badlands, a brand new episode on John Houston, legendary film director. Number three, over in the Disgraceland feed, we just wrapped up our serialized season on Wu-Tang Clan with two new episodes on Mastakilla and the Jizza and Stop the Presses. Like I said before, we got 10 Halloween Disgraceland episodes cranking out the horror business over in the Disgraceland feed right now. So go revisit those this Halloween season for some extra tricks and treats. Number four, call me 617-906-6638. Let's keep this Badlands movie conversation going. Number five, I got a split. I got other podcasts to record and I have to return some videotapes. So, right now, a second dose of bliss for yours truly in honor of this week's Badlands episode on Alex Rocco, a.k.a. Mo Green, me reading you the script from The Godfather. Mo, yeah, let's talk business, Mike. First of all, you're all done. The Corleone family don't even have that kind of muscle anymore. The Godfather's sick, right? You're getting chased out of New York by Barzini and the other families. What do you think is going on here? You think he can come to my hotel and take over? I talked to Barzini. I can make a deal with him and still keep my hotel. Michael, is that why you slapped my brother around in public? Fredo, ah, uh, now that, that was nothing, Mike. Mo, Mo, Mo didn't mean nothing by that. Sure, he flies off the handle once in a while, but Mo and me, we're good friends, right, Mo, huh? I got a business to run. I got to kick asses sometime to make it run right. We had a little argument, Fredo and I, so I had to straighten him out. He was banging cocktails, just two at a time. I couldn't get a drink at the table with Mo. Quit talking and start mixing. Cut it!